everybody, and welcome to the Yarn Thing Podcast with Marley Bird. I'm your host, Marley Bird. You can catch the Yarn Thing Podcast every Tuesday morning at 10 o'clock Mountain Time. That's 12 o'clock on the East Coast, 9 o'clock on the West Coast, and 11 o'clock in the Midwest. If you are anywhere else in the world and would like to join us live for the podcast, please Google what time 10 o'clock Mountain Time is for you. I do live in Denver, Colorado. You can come and join the fun. And just in case you're new to the show and you are unaware, we also do a behind the scenes of the Yarn Thing podcast where I do a live video from Facebook. So it is a Facebook live video for each podcast. So if you are more inclined to watch a video and listen to two people chat and really get to know each other, come and join me over on the Marley Bird Facebook page. It's facebook.com forward slash Marley Bird. We're over there and there's quite a few people in there. It actually has taken the place of the chat room that we used to uh, be a part of over on Blog Talk Radio. So now we just do the live chat on the Facebook Live and it really is uh, pretty fantastic. So let's say thank you to our sponsors before we jump into the show. I'm going to say thank you to Buffalo Wool Company, Creative Bug, Erin Lane Bags, Craftsy.com, Stitches.Events, and last but not least, Red Heart Yarns, where I'm the proud national spokesperson. You can learn more about my sponsors by visiting the Marley Bird website and clicking on the sponsor menu, and you'll get a direct link to each one of them over there. Speaking of Red Heart and Stitches events, as most of you know, for the last two weeks, I haven't had a podcast because I was attending the Crochet Guild of America event as a representative of Red Heart, and that was a lot of fun. We had the Red Heart Lounge. I did a pajama party at the, at, uh, the CGOA event, and it was just really nice to be around a bunch of crocheters um, because there are crocheters that attend Stitches, but to be at an event that is solely for the crochet um, community is absolutely fantastic. So I had a, a lot of fun doing that. And in between the CGOA event and Stitches Midwest, I remained in Chicago and my husband flew out and we had sort of a mini working vacation because I was still working out there, but we had a chance to go do some sightseeing stuff and ate a lot of food. And if you're watching Facebook Live, you can see today I'm paying homage to uh, my Chicago trip by wearing my Chicago Cubs gear that I purchased when we did the Wrigley Field Tour. Um, So it was a lot of fun. And as I mentioned, I went to Stitches Midwest, had a wonderful time. I mean, it's, it's right up there as one of my favorite events to go to. It's always full of incredibly talented individuals, wonderful teachers, and just the energy there is electric. And so um, I had a lot of fun. If you ever have a chance to go to a Stitches event near you, or if you have the means to be able to fly to one of these events, I highly recommend it. It was, it's just really amazing. So I just wanted to throw that out there before I jump in with today's guest, who is a first timer on the Yarn Thing podcast. So uh, we got to be really gentle with her, you guys. We can't scare her because we might want her to come back. So um, I I don't know how to say her last name. So I'm going to say Tracy is the author of Dimensional Tuck Knitting. And we're going to say, hey, Tracy. (laughs) Hi, Marley. (laughs) How do you say your last name, hon? It's Percher. Oh, see, I would have said it that way, too, but I didn't want to embarrass myself. Percher, (laughs) that S kind of throws you off is what it is, or throws me off. Tracy Percher. So, Tracy, um, unfortunately, as we were talking earlier, uh, I know that you were at Stitches this weekend, but you and I just couldn't cross paths for one reason or another, but you did get a chance to spend some time with the Social Medusa, Tammy, um, who says that you are fabulous. (laughs) Tammy's fabulous. She really is. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Tracy I don't know a whole bunch about you but I gotta say I got a pdf copy of your book and I was thrumming through it last night preparing for the podcast and I was in awe of everything that you're doing and it's just it's simply beautiful and so I'm very excited to talk to you and learn more about you and kind of find out how um you know tuck tuck knitted I, I'm gonna call them tuck stitches I'm not sure what you would call them um like became a passion for you in such a way that you would write a book so as I start all podcasts and I know that many of you out there that are listening for a long time know how this works I'm gonna ask you to kind of tell us your story when did it all begin for you when did you start knitting and do you crochet and kind of take us up to where you are now okay well um I started knitting not until uh 2000 something like that 
I taught my I tried to teach myself many many times over the years and I couldn't. Flipping through a vintage magazine one time that I picked up at a estate sale, in the back they had the directions for continental knitting, which I'd never seen before, and it just clicked. And oh. I started my first pair of socks that day. Nice! Oh my gosh, that's awesome! So your first knitting project was socks? Yes, it was. Mine I didn't too. know it was supposed to be hard. I know, right? That was me too. I did the same thing. That's the whole reason I wanted to learn to knit is I wanted to make socks. So I just exactly. thought it looked cool, like with all those needles. Even though we all know we only use two needles, but it's all about looking cool, right? As you're knitting, it looks like you're you're doing all sorts of really great stuff. That's of awesome. Of course, you have to look like a genius when you're knitting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you fell in love with your first sock, or how did the first socks turn out for you? Um, it turned out well. I still have it. Awesome. Um, yeah. I, I don't wear it as often anymore because I do need to do some darning on it. But, yeah, it's it, it's turned out great. Fantastic. So as you, you learned to knit, and then where did it go from there? When did it become something that you were just like, wow, I, I think I'd like to be a designer? Uh, well, um, actually, I'd been wanting to knit almost my entire life, but I could never teach myself how. I, couldn't, I could, just couldn't grasp it. I couldn't maintain tension, and I just felt it fiddly when I was trying to throw um, yeah. because I started out as a crocheter. So, you yeah. know, get tension I, on your left hand. <laughs> yep, yep, I totally understand. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the the fabric that and the possibilities that the knit fabric has just always excited me. I was like, oh, there's so much you can do with this. I wish I knew how to do it. You know, I wish I could do it. And uh, so it just kind of... It just kind of fed into my obsessive compulsive of learning new techniques and taking them as far as I can go with them. Uh-huh. And uh, this thing, it just popped into my head. I don't know. I, I like um, researching old techniques, old traditional techniques that are kind of nobody does anymore and seeing if I can put modern twists on them. Uh-huh. And uh, the project for the book, the, the dimensional tuck knitting, is actually kind of a mashup between American smocking and knitting. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Okay. I can yeah. see that. I could totally see that. So mm-hmm. when you were, you know, learning this, um, I mean, how, how, does, how does it work for you? Is it like, okay, I'm learning these really great stitches, and all of a sudden all these design ideas pop in your head? Or is it, you know, do you think to yourself, well, how can I apply this to stuff? You know, how does it work for you? Um, I just like to explore and see how much I, command my, I can command my knitting to do. What can I make it do? And uh, when I first started off uh, doing these, the, the new stitch patterns just kind of came as, you know, almost like eating potato chips is like, oh, if I do it this way, it'll do this. Oh, if I do it that way, it'll do this. And it didn't take long for me to have 45 different stitch patterns. Oh, my gosh. It was, just, it was as, you're, as I'm knitting, another thing, another idea would pop into my brain. So how are these patterns different from cables, or are they just an extension of a cable? Like, how does it work? No, it's not at all a cable. Even though some of them look very cable-like, there is no transportation trans, um, of stitches. The stitches are all just, it, you're just knitting stockinette stitch. And um, I've inserted a, a little pearl, you know, or an anomaly stitch. For instance, I would pearl on the right side or um, knit on the wrong side. And so then... And use that, what looks like a mistake, as a marker. And then a few rows later, then you just go down and you just kind of pick it up and you just fold the fabric together. So you mean to tell me, as I'm sitting here looking through all of these these swatches, you're not a, there's not a cable one. It's purely all stockinette with the exception of, like, the garter stitch border. And it's all done by just picking up stitches, like literally just tuck stitches. Literally just tuck stitches like welts on a diagonal. They look so <laughs> much more complicated. No, it's very, very easy. A, a, 
seriously, I really believe a beginner could just take right off and do it. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I could totally see that. So then you just came up with all of these stitch patterns yourself and just put them together. I mean, it's, <laughs> this is pretty amazing. I, all I keep, I'm looking at some of these and like, oh, I could do like a squishy blanket or a cowl with this. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. So how, so take us along the lines of um, designing and putting this technique into a book. Did you contact uh, your publisher? Did they contact you? Take us through that whole story. Um, okay. Well, uh, do you want the you want me to start with the inspiration? <laughs> you know what? Here's the cool thing is on the podcast because you get a chance to really tell your story and people get to know you better. They feel like they're really connected and they want to you know support you even more. So I want to say you share as much as you want to share, but I would love to hear all of it. Okay. Alrighty. Um, let's think back when we're little kids. People of my age will remember those. Uh, heavily pleated pillows that grandma used to have on her couch. They're usually made out of satin, sometimes velvet, and they yeah. they were just incredibly, they looked um, very intricate, and they, they always stuck in my brain, and I never knew how to do that. And in uh, 2013, in January, I was at my favorite thrift store looking through vintage sewing patterns, and I ran across a pattern by McCall's for the home decorator pillows, which were these pleated pillows like my grandma used to have. And so I got it, and I looked at it and thought, oh, that's how you do it. I was a little disappointed at the time. I thought there was more needle magic to it, but (laughs) it was cool. And uh, I, I just set it aside for a little bit. And then also, that was in January, and in February of 2013, I was chosen as one of the Fiber Factor contestants. Yes. I was going to ask about that eventually, but keep going. And uh, during um, challenge number five, challenge number four, the knitting machine, um, I had decided I was going to make a sweater that would use knitted welts as the shaping. Okay, I would shape my garment by using welts. Um, and I. Knitting welts was always kind of frustrating to me with all the counting and all the all that stuff. But so I decided to hand sew them, and while I was hand sewing all this stockinette material to make this other garment, it dawned on me that you know if I'd put in some markers, I wouldn't have to do all these counting, you know, all this counting to do the welts. Yeah. And thought, well, if I put it, if I had done a a you know miss stitch or a whatever, I could use it as a marker. And uh, then my brain just started going, and I was like, you know what? This is kind of like that grid pattern I saw way back when on that decorator pillow. I wonder if I could do it in knitting. And so after the challenge was over, I made two quick little swatches, and it worked. And I was like, wow, this is really cool. But I had to set it aside for a while because I was still in the fiber factor, and then after there's a little bit of downtime, you know, when you're working on big, big projects, you know, you have to have the, you kind of got to step away. So then in 2014 is when I really just took it back up and started working on them. Oh and my God. Uh, uh, then in uh, January of 2015, uh, I was in a competition against the other four finalists, against the other three finalists of the Fiber Factor for Vogue Knitting. Uh-huh. They challenged us to do a design for the magazine, and uh, I won that challenge. And one of my, and my one of my prizes was a trip to Vogue Knitting Live Pasadena. So I took a, a bunch of photos of the swatches that I had made earlier, you know, the past summer, and uh, I stalked Trisha Malcolm outside one of her classes, and I know I. I I know that's not a good thing to stalk teachers outside <laughs> of class, but um, I gave her a little 30-second elevator spiel as we walked and showed her the pictures, and she's like, yeah, let's do this. Oh, my gosh. I love that. You know what? <laughs> it's it's amazing to me, and I'm sure all the listeners that have been listening to the show for a while can attest to this. 
The amount of influence that Trisha Malcolm has had on so many designers in this industry is unbelievable. And I think that this, if there's ever a doubt of the impact that she has had on this industry, people really need to just go back and listen to a lot of my shows. And we could use that as definite support that she deserves some sort of special award because the, the, the number of designers lives that she has transform just by saying, you know what, we're going to give you a chance and, you know, just elevator speech and looking at what you had. And she's like, you know what? Yeah, this, there's something here. I think that it's great. And so I say all that to mean you're in really great company. And the fact that she saw something really special in you is a huge testament to your skill. Yeah, she's, she's a genius. And I, I do, I owe a lot to her. I mean, she's just, a wonderful human being and just a genius in the industry. There should be really Hall of Fame, Lifetime Achievement, I mean, you name yeah. everything. Oscar for the knitters, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we should come up with, like, the yarn thing, most the influencer award or something. I don't know. She was hey, I'm on, tra- I'm on board with that, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, yes, that's a compliment to to Trisha, but it's a huge compliment to you because here you are, um, speaking from one designer to another, to take that leap of faith and to, you know, quote unquote, stalk somebody after class, it just shows how much you believe in what you do. And I think that you know, there's there are too many of us that have a talent, but we aren't ready or willing to take that step forward and literally go for it. And you did. So kudos to you. That is amazing. I needed some extra support, though. I wasn't real. I, I, I knew that I had it, but I didn't know if I could do it. And uh, Laura Bryant is a good friend of mine. And she, I, when I showed it to her that day in Pasadena, she's, she was like, yes, you go that way. I'll go this way. We have to find Trisha. <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, see, that's an, I, I seriously, I have goosebumps. I don't know if you guys can see it on Facebook. I have goosebumps. Those are, that is awesome. I love Laura Bryant. I think she is a genius in and of herself her, as well. Okay, so I love this. So here we are. I, I seriously have major goosebumps. Um, <laughs> you, you're showing them, and so they come back to you, and they're just like, yeah, we want to do a book. Do you? I mean, what's the first thing you do? Um, I, okay, so I, I showed her the, a, a little album of 45 pictures. Um, we... She said, yes, uh, make me an outline for a book. And uh, so I wrote up an outline for a book and uh, then sent her, I don't know, they asked for my top ten favorite stitches. They wanted to take some photographs of it and sign the contract. And I mean, things just, it was just like it was a done deal. I got a phone call from Tricia about, uh, a couple weeks after Pasadena, and I thought we were still going to discuss the possibility of a book. And finally, in the midst of the conversation, I was like, wait a minute, is this for real? Is this a thing? <laughs> like, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's so, that's so great. Um, so you came up with the – you showed them which ones you liked and all the different stitch patterns – what was your process with saying, okay, I have these great stitch patterns, and obviously as you're a part of the Fiber Factor, and I distinctly remember you on Fiber Factor and, and your, your your designs and your style. I thought it was gorgeous. Um, Thank you. So what was your process then on the design side of it all? Because it's, it's, I don't know if people really truly can understand or appreciate this, but the balance between a, a beautiful stitch pattern like this that is – I'm going to call it intricate, okay? Like it's it's technique based, and right. still be able to present a design that is fashionable and wearable. Um, I mean, that's a that's a precarious position to be in sometimes because all too quickly it can get way too complicated or way too boxy. And I think that you came up with perfect pieces that really complement your stitches. Well, thank you. Um... Yeah, the, I did have some other designs um, in mind. Uh, we, gen, well, first of all, I should say, generally we just spoke. Let's let's do a hat. Let's do a scarf. Let's do a shawl. Let's do you know just to cover all the bases. Okay, and then many of my designs um, I knew right off from the start they weren't going to be something that would appeal to a higher number of people. I I wanted to keep it doable for 
a wide range of persons, not totally focused on my aesthetic. I, I figured this is a stitch dictionary, so there's going to be a lot more people that would be interested in the stitches and the projects as opposed to people who would be interested in something that is way me designed. Does that make sense? Yes, I understand. <laughs> I completely understand. Yeah, so I tried to keep it appealing across most opinions. Um, okay. I think you I think you did really great. I hope I succeeded. <laughs> yeah. No, I think you did really great. So let's talk about the patterns. Um, and when we talk about the patterns, I think it's important also to talk about the yarn because this is something, you know, many people probably have never seen before. And so, I mean, they'll be just like me, like, oh, that's a lot of cables. And the minute they're going to realize that it's not a bunch of cables, but it's beautiful. And I'm going to jump back here just for a second. This is a total squirrel moment. Those pillows you were talking about, my mom loves those pillows, that type where it's, where there are ruffles or there's not so much ruffles, but like pin tucks and, and like all of that kind of frilly sort of stuff. She's mm -hmm. all about it. So once my mom yeah. sees this book, she's going to be like, all right, Marley, I want you to make me this and this and this. Like, she's going to love this. Um, right. So I just wanted to say, I totally, I totally know the, the pillows you're talking about. Um, I'll have some pillow patterns some in these stitches coming out soon. So hey, <laughs> the original inspiration kind of thing. I want to thank you so much. Um, all right. So I'm trying to, I keep scrolling. I'm just going to go to Ravelry because it might be easier. So let's talk about the patterns. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, I think it's, it's unique to kind of pick and choose how you, you make things that are stylish and interesting and fun. And let's talk about the cover piece to start with the Ron bulky pullover. Um, uh -huh. Tell us about that one and the design process and the yarn you chose. Okay. Um, the yarn is uh, Ron cocoon. It's kind of a, a bulky weight. And uh, I just wanted something that was going to be just super squishable. Okay. You know what I mean? I wanted yeah. one of these big, hug, you know, comfy, casual kind of things. Um, and I personally, I love a tunic length. I'm sorry. That, that's my fave. Me and, too. Uh, but, and... I wanted a short sleeve also, a shorter sleeve, because um, in a yarn this bulky, this big, and stuff, you don't want to be, like, overpowered by the thing, because these these stitches do give a lot of dimension, and a lot of dimension with a bulky yarn can be a mistake <laughs> when you're wearing it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, I just... I don't know. I, I, I just thought of something that I would like to be in in a pair of leggings hanging out on the weekend. Yep. No, oh, I can totally see that. I could see this even, like, with tight jeans and, like, uh, knee-high boots. Like, it, it could totally be something that's, like, a, a, some, uh, somebody could wear to, like, go have drinks after work or something. Like, it's beautiful. I love it. Right. Like, it's so pretty. It's so And, you know, it's a very, very simple um, construction. Very simple. I mean, you start up at the front bottom and you go up over the shoulders and down. Yeah. Um, um, uh, the way the fabric can push and pull and stretch and move on its own, you know, it has its own life to it. Um, there, there's minimal shaping needed for the waist and everything because it, it kind of works almost like ribbing wood. Okay. All right. Um, now, what about this this next one, the poncho? Um, so the tapestry poncho, it's beautiful. And I, I can see that you used uh, Haiku by Scassell, the Simply Kriya, which I think is a chainette construction, right? Yes, it is. Yes, and yeah. that was one of the reasons this yarn was chosen. Also, we wanted to have lots of different yarn types to show the versatility. Okay. I love yeah. it. I think it's brilliant. It's just it that one is so drapey and so fun. It's 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 really cool. I, I would uh, absolutely wear that. Like that's mm -hmm. so pretty. That's so pretty. I could see that at like at a store. I would absolutely purchase it. Um, I'm gonna skip over the fingerless gloves and I'm gonna go to the whisper shawl because it's gorgeous. And it looks like it's a mohair. It yeah, Kitsilke's. Oh my gosh. It's like yeah. crack, right? Um mm -hmm. it's amazing. Exactly. <laughs> it's like it's just freaking gorgeous. <laughs> Um, and I love that you've used it for this because 
I've used a mohair type yarn, um, or not mohair type. I've used a type of yarn like Kid Silk Haze, but it wasn't Kid Silk Haze. And I did cables with it, and I found it fiddly because of the longer mohair bits coming out. As I tried to cross my cables, there were times where it became tight and kind of hard to work with. But I could imagine that dimensional tuck knitting, you'd be able to not have that kind of a problem. Am, am I right in thinking that? Yes, you're right. And now this, it was done with Kid Silk Haze doubled, but oh. still on 10 and a half needles. So, I mean, it is a very open, you know, fabric that's created. Um, and some people might want to actually use a marker when they're using a yarn that has a lot of fuzz to it, okay? <laughs> because, you know, the whole thing is to be able to spot that oddball stitch. And, yeah. You know, um, but uh, it was very easily done. No, it, it wasn't snaggy or anything. You do have to make some um, concessions for the type of yarn that you use, like for all the for instance, all the swatches are done in just Cascade 220. And then okay. we chose all kinds of different yarns to do the projects with to show the versatility. And you do have to sometimes adjust the scale of the stitch for the type of yarn that you're using, but I explain all that in, in the yarn selection part. Um, I, I had to make concessions for, you know, the kid silk, change the scale so it would have more volume to the tuck. I'm so excited to try out these stitches. Like I'm in the process of designing a bunch of things right now and I keep, I'm just like, Ooh, it's a new stitch dictionary, <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> I'm like jonesing for it. Uh, the lucky hat. I love this. And I love, I mean, I am a sucker for pom-poms, pom-poms and tassels for me are just awesome. And I know that they are just going to be huge this year. Um, but I, I, this is just so cute and I could see it on, a man, woman, a teenager, all the way around, and it is really a great piece. Mm-hmm. I thought it would be a good hat. I thought that this hat would be a good piece to um, really highlight something that looks like your regular um, cable. What are they usually called? Staghorn or something like that? Yeah. Um, oh, gosh. I just, the name just totally. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And we just did it in class this weekend. Oh, um, <laughs> I can't, it'll come to me. It's, uh, anyways, all right, yes, go ahead. Um, because, I mean, I, I think this kind of hat, most people think you're going to have some big cables like that in it, and this is kind of, I want it to look almost traditional cable-like for the hat. I love um, it. Thanks. Thank you. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. Um, and let's see here, the Dreamweaver cowl. Now, see, this is one of those pieces, like the minute – I started looking at all these stitch patterns. I was like, okay, this is something I could totally see putting together like a squishiness that just wraps around my neck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really nice. Um, and it, it, uh, it, this particular stitch pattern is amazing in that it looks so different when you use different yarns or, or different scales to the pattern. It, it's an extremely versatile one. Love it. It is yeah. so pretty. And that use, you used uh, Baby Alpaca Melange. Um, I've used that. That's beautiful yarn. That's beautiful like yarn. That. Yeah. <laughs> um, was... The other one I think is awesome is the Rumbulky Cowl. Like, I love how big that is. It makes me think of these big scarves that uh, uh, Vogue did several years ago. Um, they were just, like, really big, monstrously thick scarves. And this is mm -hmm. so cool. Yeah, that was fun. Um, that one does have a little bit of graphing. Um, I made it's just made straight, um, and then you graph the two ends together, and then you do have to sew one of the tucks together. You just have to do a little whip stitch, but you place markers while you're doing it, and you'll know at the end when you have to do that. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, and then the one other one I want to talk about is the tucks galore blanket. So would this be safe to say that this is like a big stitch sampler blanket, but it just uses the stitches that you came up with? Correct. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. I, 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 the, the idea of the blanket was it gives you a little taste test of several of the stitches, and you can take them with you and go. They're all just individual squares. 
I love it. When you when you go to choose the different yarns, are you uh, thinking a lot about the different weights that you're choosing? Like, can it be done with any weight yarn? For example, um, you you doubled up the Kid Silk Haze, and I noticed there's a couple chunky ones out there. Um, the hat is a DK one, but uh, is that something that we have to think about a little bit more when we're choosing the project? Uh, not necessarily. It works really well with just about every yarn. Um, the lighter weights, like the Kid Silk Haze, you might either want to double it up or just change the scale of the pattern. And when I say scale, it means how many rows in between, um, you know, before you reach down and tuck it. Um, but anything that – the main focus at this point right now is to just get a nice cohesive fabric. Um, love it. So when you tuck it and you, you pull that stitch up, um, it doesn't distort the stitch. It actually okay. will fold the material. Okay. Awesome. I see one of the taglines, or not taglines, but the tags on Ravelry. It says brioche tuck. Um, I don't know what that is. Can you explain to me what that is? Or, or maybe maybe it's nothing. It's just, I mean, I don't know. I think that might be a mistake. I, okay. None of this is brioche, no. Okay, that's what I thought. So I just thought I would ask real quickly. Just, mm -hmm. I, it, it caught my eye, and so I figured, well, I'll just ask real quick. Um, so the last thing I want to ask about is the luxury fingerless mitts because they are stunning, and Jade Sapphire yarn is absolutely amazing. Um, I could, oh, oh, my gosh, I could wear these all night long. I love them. Um for those of you out there who don't know, Jade Sapphire Yarns, I, they do a lot of different luxury fibers, but they do um, a lot of cashmere. Um, mm -hmm. And so these are cashmere fingerless mitts and simply beautiful. But I love how you have chosen to make the cable, you know, right off the top of the hand and going up the arm. I think it's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Now, are those tuck stitches around the cuff? Um, actually, the, it's, uh, just a long tail cast on and um, do a few rows and then drop a stitch and then oh. go down and pick them all up and just, just to make it kind of do that little scallop. Awesome. I think they're, I think they're so pretty. So Tracy, here you go from being just, just a, a regular old run of the mill knitter, like many of us are to right. being part of, uh, kind of a fiber phenomenon with fiber factor. And now you have your own book. Uh, I'm going to, if you were to take a step back and look at where your career is going, you know, do you ever think to yourself, I just got to pinch myself? Um, every day. <laughs> because none of this, absolutely none of it was ever on my radar. Um, I was a closet fiber person, pretty much. I mean, to the point where when I applied for the fiber factor, which was just supposed to be a joke, you know, as far as I was concerned, it was just like, yeah, right, like I would do it. But it would be fun to do it, you know, fun to do, fun to do the application video and all that stuff. And so I flew our, my daughter in from California for a long weekend, and she shot all the video and put all, you know, my application together. But... Uh, even the garment photos that you have to send, you had to, I had to send in with my application, not a single soul in my family had ever even seen those garments. I was really? that much a hermit knitter. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And now you are out there and, I mean, creating your own stitch patterns and your own stitch pattern book. And I, I have goosebumps again. Like, I'm just, I'm, I feel like I'm talking to somebody literally at just, the, the verge of their career and if that's exciting to me because I mean there's a world of possibilities open to you yes the one that I had never even imagined or even considered it was just yeah it's awe-inspiring that's for sure <laughs> it's really great so when I look at the book it has am I reading this correctly 89 cables yes <laughs> so yeah. We went from 40 to 89. Yeah, and actually the, the book contract was actually only for 60, but I couldn't decide which ones to send them. Um, 
And so I sent them all, and they used them all. Um, How did you find time to sleep? Uh, well, you know, when you're when I'm doing these, they're just little swatches. How long does it take to do a swatch? I mean, seriously. <laughs> I lo- oh my gosh, I love it so much. I think it's it's just brilliant. So, because you were such a closet hermit knitter, and mm-hmm. uh, I'm assuming crocheter also, because you said you learned yeah. to crochet first, so you probably did that privately also. What does your family think of all of this? Um, they're very proud of me. They're very bowled over, and they're just, yeah, you can do this. Yeah, I'm not surprised, you know, kind of thing. They're, they're, they've been extremely supportive. It's been amazing. I have the best that, family on earth. I really do. Sorry, folks, but mine's the best. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's pretty, it's pretty great. And um, if I read correctly, Tammy said that you just got your advanced copy. Like, they are hot off the presses. Yes, that's correct. I've had this in my hands only a couple of weeks. Oh my gosh! It's oh one my of gosh! In existence in the United States right now. <laughs> wow, wow! So the good news is it is available on Amazon.com. Um, uh, Tammy has put a link up on Facebook, and there will be a link in the show notes as well. But then this is one of those books that I could absolutely see a local yarn store supplying in their own yarn store. So if your local yarn store has this book in stock, please go there and purchase the book. Support our local yarn stores because they need all the help they can get these days. And, um, you know, yeah, Amazon Prime is really cool, but it's really great to have that place where everybody knows your name, too. So um, you got to go check out the book, you guys. It's it's really awesome. I'm I'm so stoked about it. Like the designs are great, but between you and me, I mean, let's see. I'm using it a lot for the stitch patterns because that's what I use a lot of, and I am so nice. excited about it. Um, mm-hmm. One thing I do want to ask you about is because it's it's new and different. How did you go about um, how you would design the charts that you're using? Uh, the charts uh, are. Fairly simple, well, fairly simple in my brain, um, and I have to give credit to Carla Scott for the charts. Um, I just sent in hand-drawn, you know, pencil-on-grid paper, uh-huh. um, little boxes and squares and lines and stuff, and, and she spiffed them up and made them look so nice. Um, but I think it's, it, they're rather intuitive as long as you realize that when you're looking at the charts, um, all the busy work in most of these patterns, all the, busy, all the busy work, which I mean something that you have to do instead of just mindless stockinette, all happen on the wrong side of the material with a few exceptions. So there's there's this mirror image kind of effect that might throw you off but there is a a diagram in the book that makes that tells you how to read the charts and maybe see what it's going to look like um, when the stitch is complete because you know like fair isle and other um, and lace patterns if you can look at the chart and you kind of get an idea of what you know what the pattern is going to look like when you're done knitting it this one when you look at the chart it's a mirror image okay okay but uh we cover that in the book. I think that's great. Well, Tracy, so far, so is this your first podcast? My very first. <laughs> oh, you're doing very well, very well. <laughs> Not so Thanks. bad, right? Not so bad, no. It's okay. Right. I'm just pretending that you're sitting across the table having a cup of tea with me, and that's we're having exactly. fun. I'm Not taking a minute. Anybody listening? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I'm just drinking a Mr. Pib, and that's exactly what it should be like. It should just be like, you know, two people chatting, and everybody else is kind of eavesdropping. It's like they get to be a fly on the wall. Right. Um, but now we get to talk to that fly because uh, we are blessed enough to have two copies of the book to give away um, from uh, Soho Publishing or um, Six and Spring Books, um, and uh, we're going to do that now. Is that okay with you? Sounds wonderful. All right, so you can sit back, take a drink of your coffee, and and, uh, relax your vocal cords. I'm going to talk here just for a little bit. Um, So, everybody, if this is the first time you've listened to the Yarn Thing podcast, welcome. We are so glad you are here. It has uh, been 10 years that I've been doing the podcast, and it is 
as much fun today as it was from the very beginning. It's changed a lot throughout the years, but one thing has not changed. We give away prizes, and we often give away lots of prizes. Um, ever since we went to the live format of the show, we give a prize to one call-in listener live on, on the air, and then we give a, co- or a uh, prize out to one commenter. And where do you leave a comment? What does that mean? After the show today, Social Medusa Tammy will put the show notes up over at MarleyBird.com. You just go to MarleyBird.com and visit the blog or the podcast uh, drop-down menu, either one, and it'll show you show notes. Click on that, and you'll find the show notes for today's podcast. Tammy does a really great job of doing a brief synopsis of what we talked about in the show. She includes links and images. So anything that you think you might have missed, it will be linked right there, including a direct link to the Amazon uh, page for the book. And then at the bottom of that post, you can see where it says leave a comment or leave a reply. And that's what you will do. You will leave a comment or a reply that includes a keyword that Tracy will give us here in just a couple minutes. By leaving that comment with the keyword, that enters you for a chance to win a copy of her book. And we choose that winner about two to three weeks after the original air date of the podcast. A couple reasons uh, for the delay is because, one, we um, – you know, I, I'm traveling a lot lately, and so we aren't having uh, shows back-to-back and back sometimes. But more importantly, it's because you guys have lives also, and we know that it's not as easy as uh, we might think it might be to go and listen to a podcast as soon as it's posted. So we want to make sure you have a chance to listen to the show, and sometimes it takes about two to three weeks before you can get back and um, join all your friends over here at the Yarn Thing Podcast. So we give you time to do that. So don't be afraid to, uh, if you are listening to the show about two to three weeks after to the original air date, still go visit the Marley Bird Facebook or Marley Bird website and find the show notes for this show. Now, as I accidentally just said, we love your comments on Facebook, on Twitter, on Ravelry, on Facebook Live, and on Blog Talk Radio. But to be entered for a chance to win a prize, your comment must be on those show notes because that's where Tammy goes to randomly select her winner. If you are listening live, though, as I mentioned, there's a chance for you to win as well. All you need to do is pick up your phone. The guest call-in number is 347-539-5589. 347-539-5589. When you pick up your phone and give us a call, you're placed on a switchboard where I just have a list of a bunch of phone numbers. And uh, as soon as Tam- uh, Tammy is done here in a second, we will randomly select a winner. We'll... Push your phone number and you'll be live on air and uh, you will get your very own copy of Dimensional Tuck Knitting by Tracy and you will just love it. All right. So let's see here. I got to find Tammy. I think this is Tammy. Is that you, my friend? All right. Let me me. get Tracy back on here and I will mute myself. Okay. Hi, Hi, Tammy. Hi, (laughs) Tammy. How's it going? Fine. I see. I see you survived stitches. How was it? (laughs) I survived stitches. A little, my back a little sore, but I survived stitches. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody, um, she was so patient in trying to meet up with Marley and stalked her like she did Trisha Malcolm at two of her classes. So <laughs> it, that it's unfortunate you it, that it just didn't work out this time to meet up, but it's going to happen. I know it. Um, and I'm sure of it. Yeah, I am so looking forward to seeing what you do next. This book was awesome. I can't wait to see you do it with, like, combining um, lace or actual cables or, oh, my goodness, the the possibilities. Possibilities are like, endless, girl. Don't you yeah. I'm dying yeah. here. <laughs> I, I, I know the next book will be just as wonderful, you know, in combining um, the stitches, the different kinds of stitches with tech knitting, and, and you're going to be the tech knitting gal. I just know it. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what, so what everybody's doing right now is they're going to try to create a comment with, um, with your code or phrase. And what I mean by that, for instance, um, we had, um, Amy Berman on, on a few weeks ago, she talked about the mother bear project and, oh, there wasn't a dry eye in the house. Um, I know you've heard of that, um, where the bears are knitted and crocheted and sent to children in Africa who've been orphaned by AIDS or worse. Right. Um, yeah, and and Incredible. Amy was made her first visit to the Yarn Thing podcast too. And everybody was supposed to use uh, 
the code or phrase unconditional love in their comments. And I, the random number generator has selected Teresa's comment. She said, I'd heard of the Mother Bear project on another podcast, but I'd never heard the backstory or understood the scope of this project. This pro- podcast motivated me to get involved. That's wonderful. Amy has so much love and passion that it just leapt from the speakers of my phone while I listened, and that was certainly true. So to get back to your show notes, what code or phrase should they include in their comments about tech knitting? How about tuck it? Tuck it. (laughs) (laughs) That's wonderful. (laughs) I think that's perfect. (laughs) That's the perfect phrase for for the comments. Everybody tuck it. (laughs) Thanks, Um, Tracy. (laughs) Thank you, Sammy. Thanks, Sammy. Happy Tuesday. Oh, my gosh. Tuck it. Tuck it is the key word, guys. Don't forget, you need to place that on the comments in the show notes. Again, we love your comments here on Facebook, on Twitter, on Ravelry. Um, But to be entered for a chance to win your very own copy of the book, they must be on the show notes. Um, Oh, my gosh. I'm going to accidentally say the wrong word there. I've got to be careful. Um, (laughs) So... Okay, so Tracy, you have 31 callers. Quite a few people wanted to get a, want to get a hold of your book, um, and I don't blame them. It's simply fabulous. So what I am going to do is I'm scrolling up and down through all of these phone numbers. Again, I don't have any names, you guys. It's just phone numbers. When Tracy tells me to stop wherever my mouse is, that will be the lucky winner. All righty, let's stop. And stopped. 309 is the area code. Let me click on this. She she's three oh nine. Hi, Marley. This is Debbie. Hi, Debbie. How are you? Great, thanks. How are you? I am. You know what? I am doing fabulous. I have gotten to sleep in my own bed for two nights in a row. Isn't it wonderful? I know. I love stitches, but I love my own bed too. Oh, me too. I woke up last night and I had to go to the bathroom and as I got up out of bed, I didn't know where I was. Like I could not place where I was. It was ridiculous. I mean, it, it good. It took me a good three minutes before I finally realized, Oh, I'm at home. Okay. The bathroom's over here. Like I was so <laughs> oh. lost. Yeah. Oh, I know what you mean. Hazard. <laughs> occupational hazard. Well, Debbie, it, you have the same area code as Tracy. You guys must be calling from the same area. I'm in Illinois. Where are you from? Bloomington, Illinois. I'm sorry, where? Sorry. Sorry. He has to talk to Bloomington, Illinois. From Bloomington, okay. Um, And where are you from? I'm in Peoria, but live a little bit north of it now. Oh, okay. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, cool. So, Debbie, you have won a copy of this fantastic book, Dimensional Tuck Knitting. Um, Have you had a chance to look at Ravelry at some of the designs? No, not yet, because I was on my phone, and I was on the Facebook Live, and then I called at call-in time, so I can't wait to get over there. I wrote down the website so I can go over there and look. Right, all the techie tools all at the same time. It is awesome, and I really wish there was some way you could see, like, all the beautiful stitch patterns in the book. Like, really, they are gorgeous. And did I mention there were 89 of them, right? 89, that was the number? Mm-hmm. Wow, wow, cool. The possibilities are, like, I can't wait to get off the phone and just go try some. I'm so excited. Um, so it's, it's really cool. So you're going to love this book. It's going to be awesome. And we're going to have to get Tracy to go out and start teaching at Stitches and stuff so we can take her classes. It's oh, absolutely. All right. I love it. Well, Debbie, you know how this works. You need to email me at, oh, my gosh, I just forgot it, winner at yarnthingpodcast.com. Yeah, I know. Uh, it's been too long. Winner at yarnthingspodcast.com. Uh, make sure you put in the subject line what it was you won, so that way we know where to direct your mailing address and phone number. And um, hopefully okay. the book will get out to you as soon as they have it, like, in the warehouse and is ready to send out. Okay. Thank you, Marlene. Thank you, Tracy. I appreciate You're it. Welcome. All right. Welcome, you Debbie. take care. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye. So cute. I love it. I just love giving away stuff. I think it's just the best. And Mm -hmm. I love having new people on the podcast and watching new careers take shape. And I am seriously, genuinely thrilled about 
everything that you've got going on, and I can't wait to see what you come up with in the future. Oh, thank you so much. That means a lot. Thank you. It's really awesome. So if we wanted to follow along with you, are you on social media? Like where would be the places that we could find you? Uh, on Ravelry, I'm Tracy GP. And on uh, Instagram, I'm Tracy.Percher. And on Facebook, I'm Tracy Growey Percher. All right. So everybody's going to check it out. I'll make sure Tammy puts uh, all of those links in the show notes for that's a whole nother reason guys for you to go to the show notes so you can follow along with her career and all the amazing stuff that I'm sure she's going to be posting. Um, congratulations, Tracy. I really, um, I'm, I'm very excited for you. Thank you very much, Marley. Thank all you. Right. You did a great girlfriend. Now go have yourself a treat. All right. Thanks. <laughs> all right. Bye. Bye. <laughs> so wonderful. I love talking to new designers. Um, and she, I mean, she's been around a little while. She did, she did fiber factor and it, but you know what, how amazing is that to, to take that step forward and really just, you know, grab opportunity wherever you can find it. And once again, we have another podcast where Trisha Malcolm has influenced somebody absolutely amazing. Um, Trisha, if you're listening, uh, we love you and kudos to you, Chica. You're, you're, you're pretty darn great finding fantastic talent wherever you go. All right, everybody, that is today's podcast. Let's hit the exit music, which you know I love because it's called Happy Vibes and it makes me happy for sure. I want to say thank you first to Tracy for coming on the podcast today and also to Sixth and Spring Publishing for supplying the prizes and for publishing Tracy's book. I'm going to say thank you to Tammy for all the work that you do. And then behind the scenes, I have my team of workers who are helping me as I was out of town. Thank you to Caitlin and to the newcomer, Brittany. I want to say thank you to the sponsors, Red Heart Yarns, where I'm the proud national spokesperson, Pitching.Events, Crafty.com, Erin Lane Bags, Creative Buds, and Buffalo Wool Company. I love you guys, and I will talk to you soon. On the next podcast, find out when that is. Make sure you are participating on the Marley Bird Facebook page. Join me over on the Marley Bird YouTube channel. There is a new video every week. And just so you know, next week we are announcing the Crochet Along project. You don't want to miss that. Talk to you later. Bye.